I was told I had till noon. It's one, it's one minute past. <laughs> so this will either be the world's quickest sermon or you all will leave and I'll be preaching to an empty church. So, <laughs> preach. So, uh, this morning I want to share with you something that is, um, I think it would be appropriate for the occasion. Back in high school, Danielle, you'll remember Mr. Krieger. Anybody here from Massachusetts? Other, okay. Uh, anybody here familiar with Paul Krieger? Um, he was a long time standing math, physics, geometry, uh, trig, algebra, calculus teacher at South Lancaster Academy. And I remember one day, as I got my, my yearbook, I presented him, I said, Mr. Mr. Krieger, will you sign my yearbook, please? And he said, sure. And he took it, and he wrote on it, handed it back to me, and I walked away. And then I started handing it out to other people. And, you know, at end of the year, you get that euphoria of trying to get people's signatures as a keepsake to, to see where and how the year was and other people's perspective of how the year was. And so after it was all said and done, I took my yearbook and I opened it up and I went to straight to Mr. Krieger's Facebook page. And not Facebook, yearbook, sorry, <laughs> wrong generation yearbook page and uh, and there it said art you have great potential don't you hate it when they say that <laughs> Paul Krieger I was like dang Pastor Krieger Mr. Krieger you had to write that that was like the end of my sophomore year it was a year that I had broken out and in, in into the basketball scene for high school. And I had thought that I had become this great star in the community and in the, in the school, but yet he brought me down to earth and he said, you have great potential. And I kept looking at that and I'm like, really? And I knew that God had a plan for me back then. Everybody told me. I know he knew that God had a plan for me, and, and he would tell me. And other teachers in, in high school told me that I had great potential. And this morning, I want to focus on that. But before we begin, I'd like to invite you to bow your heads with me. Father God, as we look and open your word, and see what you have in store for us. I pray, Lord, that you will open our minds and our hearts to hear you this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you have heard that question, you have great potential? Or how about the other question, God has a special plan for you? Amen. How many of you have heard that? How many of you in that same breath have asked yourself, what is God's plan for me? Amen. And how many of you have actually been told what God's plan for you were? Amen. A lot less people. <laughs> the reality is, is that if I were to come to you and say, God has a great plan for you this morning. Great. 
What is it? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you God's plan for me. Even though I don't know what that is. Because the Bible is very broad. It, it is very wide in its contextual references to God's plans. For some, it was to become prophets. For some, it was to become teachers. For some, it's to become pastors. For some, it's to become deacons, elders, leaders. For some, just to serve in the community. But how do we understand this process? What do we take away from God's plan for me? I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles with me if you have a Bible. Uh, or if you have a phone, um, it's a beautiful Kate Spade. I can't access it. But um, would you like it? <laughs> All right. It says on it. So uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. If, uh, cell phones, iPads, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, we have it here on the screen. I'm going to read from the New King James Version, which is the version I like to study from. But I also like to read other versions as well. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Again, here's that question that pops up every single time. What is God's plan for me? The Bible says, and Paul is talking to the Ephesians, and you're going to hear this every single Sabbath I preach. Context is everything. Paul's talking to a group, of, a church group, much like here, Naples. And he's telling them to walk worthy of a calling. But what calling is that? Because later we find that there are, he goes on to describe that some of them were called to become, and he names the gifts, pastors, teachers, spiritual leaders, etc. But it also says here, he continues in verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Amen. Not an easy task. You know that saying that when the cat's away, the mice will play, right? That is the fear of every pastor when he leaves. That the work that he or she has done or begun goes down the drain. But again, the question still stands. What is the calling that God has given you? What is the calling that God has given? Let me put it out there the Naples Seventh-day Adventist Church this morning. Follow with me, please, to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19, verse 16. So here's the proof that I am human. I gave the wrong verse. 
But that's okay, just fall within the context. I said context is everything. <laughs> In Exodus chapter 19, God is preparing the children of Israel. What takes place just after this? In Exodus chapter 20, I'll give you a clue. The Ten Commandments. And after God tells the people to prepare themselves to go and to come before the face of God, before he does this, he tells them, he gives them a purpose. He tells them that he is expecting his people to become a nation of priests. And then he gives the Ten Commandments. So what does the priest, and, and because time is not going to allow me to go into it all, but I will later. What does a nation of priests look like? What does it mean to be a nation of priests? We know that in 2 Peter 2.9 it talks about the, 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 the priesthood of all believers, that God equipped everyone to become ministers. So what does that really mean? And for the longest time, I, I, I'll be honest with you, it bothered me that everybody was called a priest. Because not everybody went to theology. But God has given and tasked his people before the laws were given that they were supposed to be a kingdom of priests, a nation of royal priesthood. So what does that mean? It's simple. Very simple. And it took me a long time to understand this, but when I finally got it, God sent me back to a story that happened to me still in high school. We were going, we went to New York City to feed the homeless. There was a group of us, there's probably, probably about seven or eight at the most, and we all packed into a van and, and left for New York City, and we stayed at, at, at Juanita Kretschmar's uh, van ministry uh, community service uh, center. And I remember going, going out, and some of you may remember this. This was prior 9-11. And we walked into Grand Central Station, and we all had four or five brown lunch bags in our hands. And we were instructed to give only one out to each person. It just so happened that the night before, somebody walked into a, a, a subway train and opened fire with an automatic rifle. News reporters and cameras and lights were all over the place. Remember, this is prior to Facebook and Internet and, and TikTok and, and Snapchat and every social media there available. So it was a conglomerate of individuals. And so you see the city's illustrious authority figures on one hand, and about 10 feet away, you had the lowliest of them all, sitting against a pillar in Grand Central Station. And I, and I stood there and I looked, and I'm like, there's something wrong here. So I walked over and I asked one of those gentlemen, and I said, excuse me, do you, are you hungry? Hello? And, and he looked at me like, yes, we are. I handed him a bag and I took a step and I said, have a good day, God bless you, and I walked away. 
And you know, as a, as a 17 year old, sometimes those words can be a little mechanical. And so I, something told me to go back. I know what that something is now. But I went back and I said, do you guys want another one? And, and one of the gentlemen looked at me with beautiful green eyes and he said, yes. And I handed it to him. As I gave it to him, he grabbed my arm and he said, son, thank you. If there was only more people like you in the world. And it messed me up. Because I walked away and I couldn't stop playing that in my head. I didn't do anything significant in my eyes. I didn't do anything that was going to change the world in an, in an instant. But I had made a difference in that person's life. Now, and I'm not sharing this story because, hey, look at me, look at how, how, what I've done. But it's the, the simple things that we do on each and every single day when we come into contact with people, when we make a difference in people. That's what it meant to be a nation of priests in God's eyes for his people. He wanted his people to be a blessing wherever it was that they were. It didn't matter if they were a pastor or an elder or a teacher. God wanted people to be a blessing. So much so that if you look up the word the nation of priests, it echoes throughout the entire Old Testament. And each time God punished his people, it was because they became self-centered and closed off to the outside world that he had to create, recreate that. That's what happened. In Genesis chapter 4, you see that men began calling on the name of the Lord. And in chapter 5, you have the genealogy of Adam. And right after, in chapter 6, you have the destruction of the world. It didn't make sense. When God asked his people to be a blessing, it wasn't for his, the people to come to his blessing. To for the outside people to come to where his people were, it was for his people to go. So this morning, my message to you is simple. You have great potential. God's not done with you yet. But my question to you, and the question I'd like to leave you with this morning, is how willing are you? How willing are you to allow yourself to be utilized by God? So that you can reach your potential. You know, I ran into uh, Pastor, excuse me, Paul Kreiger. Years later. In Lancaster, Massachusetts. As we talked, I said, hey, Mr. Kreiger. Do you remember what you wrote in my yearbook? And he said, no. I said, well, good. <laughs> Because you wrote a lot of things, and each, each year was different. But one, one year in, in particular is my sophomore year. You wrote, you have great potential. And he's like, yeah, I do remember that. And this is after I told him I had gone and, and became a pastor and now you know, serving the church and, and was working as a youth director. And, and, and we, we talked a little bit longer, and as I'm walking away, he calls me, he, goes, he says, hey, Arthur, I turn back and look at him, and he says, you have great potential. <laughs> Naples, you have great potential.